This is the Quadrant Podcast, episode 11. Welcome to this episode of the Quadrant Podcast. As usual, we would like to invite you to join our mailing list, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter. We want to share the best traveling stories, and we want you to be a part of it. So, if you have a story to share, don't be shy. Come to us, and we will record an episode for you. Now, the first episode of this week is very special to us and to anyone who really enjoys taking pictures while traveling. So, shall we get to it then? Alright, hello, I'm Cody Duncan. I'm a travel photographer based out of Santa Barbara, California, where I grew up. But nowadays, I seem to spend most of my time in bad weather. I guess (laughs) I didn't get... Saw too much sun as a child, and so... Now I think I, I look for seasons, which I never had growing up. And most of that bad weather of the last few years is in northern Norway and the Lofoten Islands in particular. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's kind of where I found myself circling around more and more. Um, if you want the backstory, yes, I first please. ended up on Lofoten in the summer of 2001. Um, kind of by chance, actually. Um, a friend of mine, we had been traveling around uh, to Scandinavia for a couple weeks. Okay. And, and we, we, we just wanted to go north of the Arctic Circle, so we ended up in a town called Buda. And Buda is, it's not the most interesting place in the world, but it is the gateway to Lofoten. And so, at the hostel there, uh, we met a guy, and he's like, oh, have you been to Lofoten Island? And, oh, you must go out there and go camping. And it's like this really magical place. And that being back in 2001, it wasn't kind of... There was no internet, really, for travel. And so we had really no idea, other than word of mouth, about where to go and what to see. All and right. so so the next day, yeah, we, we found ourselves on the ferry. And a few hours later, we were standing on Lofoten. And that pretty much changed my life at that point, I think. Um, How so? That, uh, it, was, it was one of those places that kind of like you're instantly there and you kind of it just it's so different but it feels so so familiar and it was it was definitely a place I knew I would have to get back to one day and so yeah I returned back to normal life after that trip like finished up university did some other travels but it was five years later that I made it back to Lofoten again, and that was kind of like the whole destination of that trip was solely to go to the Lofoten Islands. And, yeah, just hang out again. I was kind of, that was in the early stages of my photographic career, so I was taking some photos, but not really making any money. I was just more kind of interested in, in being on the islands and and experiencing the islands and the, and the midnight sun and the, and the, the bad weather, to put it nicely. <laughs> Um, and from there it's continued where I would kind of, I was, yeah, I backpacked around Europe for a year, but I would kind of bounce back to Lofoten every few months. And then 
I, I started getting interested in like, okay, I've been in the islands a few times in the summer now. So then what's it look like in the springtime or what's it look like in the wintertime? Okay. And so then you go back and it's like, and for me as a photographer, I kind of, instead of visiting a lot of places just once or twice, I kind of, I'm drawn more to uh, long-term studies of one location, if right. that kind of makes sense. Yes. Like, because like growing up in Southern California, we have kind of maybe two seasons, like a slightly cold season and a slightly warm season. And yeah. so on, on Lofoten, being north of the Arctic Circle, it's it's just a completely different world where nearly every day is different. You can you can visually see the difference month to month as as the year goes by, and it's just it's it's so incredible and so new to me, even after traveling there all these years, that I'm I'm always fascinated and there's always something new to see. And so in, in the summertime it's you're out hiking in the mountains, camping you never have to worry about what time it is because it never gets dark. Wow. So if, if if the weather clears up at 10 o'clock at night, you can just go out and go start climbing up a mountain. And maybe you can come back to camp or to the hostel at 4 or 5 in the morning. But it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and it's just, it's it's quite surreal in that way. Whereas when you travel in, in winter, say early January or early February, it's dark at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. And, yeah, you spend all your time sleeping or you're up late looking for northern lights. And then, say, in the springtime, right before the midnight sun starts in, in May, it's still quite cold. So maybe it's around zero degrees some days. But then sun sets at 1130 at night, which is just, for me, it's this weird contrast of cold <laughs> and light, which doesn't quite make sense in my mind, but visually and photographically it's it's just amazing and okay. so we yeah. we usually wow well, as you say all this i can i can sort of, of picture it and in fact we usually share our podcast with the two pictures related to each story but i think i think we might make an exception and if you authorize it we we should add to the podcast page several of your pictures of this place yeah, I think that'd probably be good. I can do that for you guys. Okay, nice. thank you. We'll, we'll probably add that because as you tell about it, I'm more and more curious of seeing the photographic work that you have done there because I can yeah. visualize it just by your words. Yeah. All right, and I guess... So, yeah, so in the last in the last years, like, maybe I'd find myself going twice a year and then three times a year. And then last year, I found myself going four times a year, so winter spring summer and autumn and i think that was the most trips i'd made to the islands in one year and this year i've already been in the winter and i'll be back again in the autumn and so normally i spend a couple weeks on the islands because norway is quite expensive if you've never been to norway no and so even even traveling as cheap as you can i kind of my, I feel my credit card starts getting mad at me, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I get phone calls from the bank. Your money's disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh yeah, two or three weeks is is my typical trip to the islands, which I feel is, is a good time because you always have to give yourself some some room for the weather. I 
some friends joke that I have a constant rain cloud following me around, <laughs> and uh, like, or, uh, I have a a friend of mine in Germany. He's made up the the five minute rule for me that within five minutes of me taking out my camera and setting up my tripod, it will begin to rain. <laughs> no, mat no matter if it's been blue sky the whole day, as soon as my camera comes out, <laughs> rain. <coughs> wow, that, that make, makes your uh, job as a photographer very hard. Yeah, but sometimes, yes, it can be frustrating, but also I think the concept of bad weather makes good photos. Mm -hmm. okay, also holds true very much on the photon. And so you kind of have to, I remember like a few times photographing in winter, it's those, those blustery days where you've hiked out maybe 45 minutes or an hour to get to a location. You just catch the last two minutes of sun and then you see like the snowstorm just coming towards you. And then you have the choice of, okay, do I hike back to the car or do I just put my head down, kind of lean against a rock and wait 20 or 30 minutes for the snowstorm to pass and then the weather to clear a little bit, the sun to come out. But it's it's those moments uh, that are just so magical in, in the north up there. And then you have a fresh layer of snow just right down into the ocean. The waves just washing against the rocks. And it's it's so amazing. And it's, it's, what, it's what keeps me coming back year after year, even though I think I've seen everything. It's, I think I've only seen a little small portion of the islands. Have uh, have you ever published any sort of a photographic book about this place? Because since you mentioned that you were sort of doing a, a photographic study on it, uh, have you sort of <coughs> compilated your pictures somewhere? Uh, not yet. I'm I'm slowly working on a couple ebooks. Okay. One will be more of just a hiking guide, but mm -hmm. the one I'm I should be writing soon it would will be a book about yeah seasons on Lofoten, and I'll just kind of be a somewhat semi-photo guide but also just kind of talk about my experiences of, of the changing of the seasons and and then yeah present maybe a dozen photos for each time of year and so I've been talking about that idea of the ebook for a year or two now and I think I'm finally ready to to get it started but I'm, I'm not the best writer admittedly <laughs> so <laughs> It might be another year or two, but hope, hopefully before the before the end of summer. Fingers crossed. <clears throat> nice. Okay. Well, uh, if if you ever do publish a book, please remember to tell us because I, I would like to read and, and see the pictures on that one. Yeah, yeah we'll do. Interesting. Okay. Now, on on the other hand, you are probably the uh, the first uh, truly truly professional photographer we, we get here in the podcast and something the photographic journeys are always something important to the part of travel but uh, I have seen some of your work in your webpage and as I I think once told you I really like it and I like many other travelers carry my, my DSLR camera around all the time and, tr and try to learn from you know books and websites and tutorials and, and stuff and try to, to get a little bit better and trying to capture the things I see but if you, this is probably a very trivial question but if you could give a very simple or very specific advice to someone trying to, to burn their way into photography one way or another what would it be? I think it's time and just doing it over and over and over again. 
that would be my single piece of advice for that in that it just it, it takes a lot of time to develop your vision and and how you begin to see if that makes sense yes in that like in my taking Lafote for example in my first couple years I was even though I perhaps called myself a photographer I was more or less just taking snapshots and I wasn't I wasn't developing a vision of how I see the islands and how the islands affect me. Right. And it, it wasn't until, yeah, relatively recently, actually, just a few years ago, that I kind of, I developed this deeper vision, I think, of the islands. And I didn't just go for, like, the happy, nice, sunny photos, but I really began to work with, with like, with the darkness of the light in the wintertime or, or the storms or the changing of, of the color and, and really shoot almost all my photos like after the sun had gone down and it, it it just took me a while to get there and I think perhaps I'll last shooting photos like this for a while and then I'll begin to see the islands in a different way Right. and so it just yeah it takes time and there's no instant kind of fix to, to finding what you want to photograph and how you want to photograph it Time and practice. Time That's practice, it. yes, and, and have a sense of your own artistic identity. I think. Yeah. Also. Okay. So, and one other question that sort of came up in another conversation we were having the other day: uh, Have you ever lost a camera during one of your trips? Yes. Really? Uh, last year, after I'd been in Lofoten, I was going hiking in in Sweden, okay. in in Sarik National Park which is, yeah, it's right across the border from, from northern Norway, so it's still above the Arctic Circle. It takes me a couple days to get there by trains, buses, ferries. It's, like, they're close together, but it's, it's a long ways off. And then I hiked 20 kilometers, and it must have been <clears throat> September 11th or 12th, mid, mid-autumn up in the north. And the most, I, I've hiked in this area a couple times, but this was the best weather I've ever had. It was maybe 15 degrees. I was in a t-shirt. Sun is shining. I've never had such nice weather. Like, hiked 20 kilometers to the first hut on the trail. Mm -hmm. Like, in just a few hours. It's so nice. Um, the hut happens to be on the edge of this lake. And normally, you have, you have two options in when you get to the lakes in Sweden. A lot of times during the main season, there's people that run water taxis. For maybe I don't know what the price is, a hundred crowns or something like that, and they'll they'll take you across the boat. This particular lake was four kilometers, the distance to cross it, and so I inquired about with the hut warden about the boat, and she was like, "Oh, the guy's going reindeer hunting tomorrow, and so there's not going to be a boat." <laughs> so okay, but luckily there's a second option, which is rowboats. Okay. And and they keep three boats on the lake, meaning there's always one on each side. And then there's a, the third boat that you would row back and forth. So say you get to the lake and there's only one on your side, you'd have to row across the lake, pick up a second boat, row back to where you were, drop off that second boat, and then row across the lake again. Which can be some effort. But luckily... The water taxi wasn't running, but there were two boats on my side, which okay. meant that I would only have to row the four kilometers once. Okay. 
And so, so I wake up in the morning and it's perfectly blue sky, perfectly clear. The lake is just like glass. And so in my uh, geniusness, I think, oh, I'm going to shoot a time lapse of me rowing across the lake. <laughs> and so I set up my camera in the back of the boat on the tripod and set everything up and start shooting the time lapse sequence. Um, the, the boats pulled up a little bit on shore and kind of some, on some logs and some rocks. And so I'm, I'm pushing the boat out with the oar and as it, I'm leaning a bit sideways. So as it, as I push it out and the boat begins to fully float in the water, it leans to the right really quick. And out of the corner of my eye, I see my tripod lean over, oh hit the God. side of the boat and oh, then just shit. completely fall into the water. I'm like, no. like, I just, within like two seconds, I'd grabbed the camera, pulled it out of the water, like by the tripod leg. But it was it was dripping water. It was almost. <laughs> so I went back to the hut, like did my best to take the camera apart as much as I could. Like I used like my my hiking knife to try and take out the little screws of the viewfinder, set it up by the fire, like covered it in towels. Like, but there's not much you can do to uh, try and rescue a camera out there. So I think I sat around for about two more hours at the hut trying to get to dry thinking okay maybe it wasn't that bad maybe it'll work but it it never recovered <laughs> and so and I, I think I've, I've for a long time I've asked myself the question of, of do I travel to take photos or do I take photos to travel I, I think there's a slight difference in that and mm -hmm. and I was talk as I was waiting for my camera to dry I was talking to the the hut warden and telling her what happened and she just asked me like oh why don't you give your camera to some guys that are hiking north and you can just finish your hike and I just thought like I don't know if I want to hike this if I can't take photos and so I, I think it's my definite motivation of, of traveling as much as I like being in the wilderness I think I go out there specifically to record what I see and, and capture those those moments that a lot of people yeah. don't see in life and then so long story short I hiked back to the hut I'd been at the at the previous night I tried to go as fast as I could because there's a ferry you have to take across the lake I missed the ferry by 20 minutes which meant I stayed another night at the hut and then that night when I should have been camped on this mountaintop overlooking the Rapadalen mm -hmm. which is one of the nicest views in Sweden um, northern lights were just filling the sky all night long and I should have been in my tent on this mountain taking photos and there I was cameraless just watching it and it was uh... oh, it was it was almost painful like I like I just had to sat there and just laugh to myself as <laughs> there's nothing I could do it's just I don't know it happens and so yeah it took me then two days to get back to Lofoten Islands where I ordered another camera. Then it took almost two weeks to get the new camera. Two weeks? Wow. Yeah, the, uh, it got from America to Norway in about three days. And then once in Norway, everything slows down. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But then finally, finally uh, the new camera arrived. And this was late September by this point in time. After just seeing night after night of northern lights and some beautiful weather and... I'd just been sitting around the hostel in Stamson, kind of. Luckily, there were some friends I knew there, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But 
I should have been out photographing, but finally, finally it arrived in the morning, and I had six days left on the island at that point in time. And for some strange reason, the weather was quite nice, and so the next four days I was up a mountain every day. <clears throat> and so just having to make the most of that precious little time I had on the islands. What did you do during the, those two weeks waiting for the new camera? I read a lot, looked on the internet a lot, <laughs> wandered around, but I I also tried not to spend too much money because it can just it can be even just waiting in Norway is expensive, <laughs> and so just eating and breathing basically <laughs> costs a lot of money. So I just tried to kind of yeah lay low and save my energy, save everything for when I when the camera came back to me and I could be back in action again but it's, it's, it's also frustrating like seeing some like really amazing stuff and, and not being able to photograph it well it gives you an excuse to go back so that's why you, yeah. should, you should and, go back uh, to this place yeah, in Sweden and try to make that hike you didn't do yeah I'm, I was thinking about I might do it this year I'm not quite sure Um, but yeah, I always kind of believe in the concept of don't see everything, so you have an excuse to go back again. Okay, exactly. And well, wow! Thank you, thank you for sharing all this. I I think for any anyone listening that is like me, fascinated by the concept of trying to capture travel by photography, it's it's going to get a a kick out of this. I I know I did, and. Uh, Wow, it's it's a very beautiful view, and uh, wow, I know. Just just thank you for sharing this with us. Yeah. And oh oh, very very important. Uh, you have a website. Why don't you say it? So anyone anyone wondering where to see more of you, can can they go looking? Yeah, if you want to find just my general travel photos, you can find me at www.codyduncan.com. That's c o d y d u n c a n dot com. And if you're looking at for the Lofoten Islands specifically, along with a lot of hiking guides and just travel info for the islands, you can find me at 68north.com, which is 68north.com. All right, cool. All right. Okay, cool. Well, thank you very much. This, yeah, thank you a lot. This yeah, is, this, it is it. this is it for today. And uh, we will notify you as soon as this episode comes out. It will probably be like on Tuesday. Okay. Okay. And I'll, I'll set you up with the photos. I'll, I have something to do pretty soon now, but I'll get back to you this afternoon. Okay, perfect. Uh, with, a, with a gallery to download some photos for you. So. Perfect. All right. Cool. Thank you very much. And hope everything sounded good and all that. And pleasure talking with you guys. The same. The same with you. Well, goodbye. Bye. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Cody, for your time. Cody Todos that in order to become a great photographer you have to have time, a lot of practice and try to develop your own style. So we thank you for that tip. And that will be it for today guys. So remember to like us on Facebook and share these episodes to your friends. Tell them they can come and they can be the next protagonist of our podcast. To all you, this is it. Goodbye from Barcelona. <laughs>